Well, this chip on my shoulder won't come off. I scrubbed and scrubbed until I was red raw. Reconstructed full of filler. Somebody break the bronze soul. I guess I'm just a peasant from up north. Hey. How you doing? Good afternoon, hey man. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Joe? You alright? You're looking very smart. From what? Yeah. Got in. Three o'clock. Tried making some calls, but was on hold. So hung up after twenty minutes. What about you? It's your day off, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is precious to me. It is a precious... Can we do loud and clear for I don't know. I, it seems quite quiet. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine, yeah. It's probably just me being a daft mm -hmm. brush. I can hear you now. Mm -hmm. I can hear you now. It's my fault. Okay. I have my speakers set right down low. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably yeah. me. I've gone deaf, I can't hear you. So you had a good day off? Um, busy, do you know what? It's funny, isn't it? As soon as space becomes available in your week, you just cram it full of everything else that you usually do yeah. elsewhere, don't you? It's like you just get swallowed up straight away. Yeah, yeah. All the things uh, you need to do. Well, it's great to see you, man. It's great to I see you. I wanted to get some cords. I bought some cords, some black cords. Good thermal option for the winter, aren't they? And they were down from £80 to £40. And I, I thought, bargain. And But they, I thought, I will have to get them taken up a little bit. Right. I took them to the tailors. And after she finished, you know, pinning them and doing all the stuff that she needed to do with them, uh, she said, right, that'll be 35 quid. And I was like, oh, man, I may as well have bought the, the right size. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Did they have the right size there? They, well, they did, but I dilly-dallied. I was indecisive, and I paid the price for that. Yeah, yeah. But you saved a fiver for all that work, all that leg work. Exactly. And, yeah, and um, and in line with what, sh with what we'll speak about today, she actually asked me for my Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really pleasantly surprised. I was like, wow, she... It's been so long since someone's ever asked me for, like, you know, contact details, you know, one yeah. to man, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I made it clear I, was, I wasn't I was married. Oh, I see, I see, I see. It was, like, done in a romantically interesting Yeah, well, she tried, she, she, she was like, um, oh, wow, yeah, that's a nice walking jacket you've got. Do you, do you do a lot of walking? And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm really into my walking. She was like, okay, great, have you got an Instagram account? And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> I was like, I just, I just said, no, listen. Listen, honey, I'm, I'm spoken for. I'm taken. I didn't actually say that. I I'm just, taken. Uh, no, I'm not on any social media. Fair play. He dodged it. Got you now. Well, you're a handsome young man. It's not surprising that, you know, you'd be getting sort of amorous comments or whatever. It's nice. It's flattering. But so there you go. There you go. So I thought you were just saying, give me feedback on my tailoring, my seamstress work. But it wasn't for no, that. No. It was because she wanted to go for a, a nice walk in the countryside with you. Yeah, that's it. She liked the cut of your tweeds. She was like, "This is the kind of man I'd like to be seen out with." Yeah, cord yeah, yeah. wearing, bird watching, daffer gent. 
Exactly. I think the chords were the kick of her. She was just well, thinking, wow. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't even know you do a history podcast, which is why we're here. If anyone's still listening after that preamble, <laughs> this is now we're kind of nailing our colours to the mast, and we're saying this is whatever other chit chat surrounds it. This is meant to be a history podcast. It is, it? it is, it is. And then this week's theme. Sorry, man, I was just saying, it's been so no, no. We'll, 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 we'll crack. The chords leads nicely into it because, really, you know, it's a sensible bit of historic fabric, isn't it? It's, the, it's somebody who would be an expert on history, would wear tweed, not tweed, cord. I love cords. Mm. I've got one pair of cords, I think. And I tried wearing them for a while, a few months back, but it took a bit of stick. Took a bit of stick. I like them though. Knowing you, were they like a, a deep mustard? No, you don't know me at all. Why would Why would I wear yellow pants? <laughs> deep mustard. To be honest, no. To be fair, someone might describe them as that colour actually, because they were like a kind of brown colour, like a dark brown. Okay. Neat. But quite an earthy autumnal colour in my mind. Right, but not in the mind of others. To be honest, I think they were the almonds, and he just gave me them, and I inherited them as a, as a, you know, a new pair that he probably buys all these clothes and then never wears them. So I've come, I've done well over the years from the Armand. Yeah, the Armand's got good um, fashion sense. He's minimal, isn't he? He's a minimalist when it comes to. But he spends a lot and he buys a lot pre you know, previously mail order and stuff and then he, he forgets or can't be bothered sending it back. And he'll just give it to me or keep it in his wardrobe for a few months and then give it to me or try and sell it to me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Do you know what? I bet the R man's got girls asking him for his Instagram every single weekend. Maybe. Maybe. He does tell the occasional story, but a gentleman never talks about those kind of things. I mean, occasionally, yeah, you'll tell me in work about people trying to get it, you know, say, oh, she likes you, and he'll be like, so? <laughs> he's like, he's, why are you telling me this? Almost autistic in his response, you know, he's like, what, what, why? Why should I care? But anyway, so we're here today to chat about the history, the background of a popular celebration in the Western world and much of the world, because it's pretty homogenised these days. We're talking about Valentine's Day, or St. Valentine's Day, to give it its proper title in the church calendar. Mm -hmm. And joining me, of course, is Jayma, scholar, musician, techno whiz, and uh, in the corner, just sitting over there with the coffees, uh, Armand. You right, Armand? Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, over there, the sensitive one, not saying much, joining us from Barcelona, the D man, you right, D man? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm yeah. Good to see you guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, these guys yeah. have got some stories to tell, haven't they? You they have. You they can have. see on their faces. And uh, deep thinkers, deep thinkers. But yeah, we're gonna just have a little chat. We're gonna try and keep it to half an hour, so it's gonna be succinct. Thank you for anyone who listened to the, the Christmas history uh, version we did it a month ago. Uh, thank you for your support in that lovely comments but uh, <laughs> the message message boards were going wild with it Twitter feed everything well thank you for all your messages appreciate your support 
we're carrying this on for as long as you know we've got anyone listening why not anyhow so yeah Valentine's Day even if there's one person in some apocalyptic wasteland just tuning in to listen to us talking nonsense anyway so let's get straight into it what do you think of when you think of Valentine's Day man is a brilliant question. What do I think of when I think of Valentine's Day? I I think of my first memory, I think naturally you think about your experience when it comes to to, to whatever the context is. And my we, we used to get roses in uh, school. So there was this really bizarre thing. Well, looking back, I suppose it isn't that bizarre. But you could there was like this system that the school set up where you could order a rose and then have it delivered to uh, the love of your life whilst they were in lesson. So, you know, you might be halfway through Mm. arithmetic Mm. or maths Mm. and uh, someone would knock at the door and be like, okay, there's a rose here for, you know, this person or that person. The (laughs) Jester. And everyone would go, ooh. And everyone would go, ooh, Joe, that's your fourth rose of the day. Shut up. Shut up. I'd be like, I'm going to start a rose garden. All trying to woo Uh, the Lord of the Manor there. (laughs) So, no, I never got any roses. It was more boys would buy um, roses for girls. What do I think of when I think of Valentine's? I think of commercialism now, unfortunately. That's what I really think, because they ram it, don't they, with cards and gifts and things. It's just another big weekend for the sales. Yeah, yeah. What what about you? I was just thinking about that thing you said about the school. It was quite sweet. They didn't do anything like that in our school. Obviously in uh, Cumbria, further up north. They were doing little sweet things like that, weren't it? I don't remember any of that. I remember, like... (laughs) Yeah, cards. When you were a kid, you'd get cards and you'd be like, oh, a bit of excitement. But I think as a boy, you send out far more than you ever received, don't you? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much was reciprocated. Or you'd bottle it and you wouldn't say, you'd go, oh, yes, and then you'd just think, forget it. What's the point? And you wouldn't even acknowledge that you'd done it. It was almost like creepy. You'd just sent a card or something and then just kind of think, oh, she's not going to you know it's reciprocate so you just your nerve would go then (laughs) that that happened to my wife she had a really expensive bouquet of flowers delivered to her house while she was living yeah uh, in in your neck of the woods actually and these chocolates and all in all she worked it out it must have cost whoever the sender was Mm. you know upwards of 50 pounds 60 pounds yeah and um they never revealed themselves. Oh. They went. They spent all of that money and they never. Oh. And they they even wrote this pretty creepy poem. <laughs> oh, this really kind of like knife wielding. I'm at your living room window kind of poem. Oh, and right. they never really like. And yeah. they never revealed who they were. It was really really. I was like, fair enough. If you're going to do that, but if you're going to spend that on, amount of money, I mean, yeah, you yeah. Gotta get your money. Maybe they got. Maybe they you know, got arrested before they could follow through or something happened. They got picked up and the DNA was found at other crime scenes and that's it now. They're doing 20 to 30 for various crimes. You don't know, do you? It's sweet, but at the same time creepy, that kind of thing. But yeah, I was talking about when you're 12. So yeah, when you're 20, 25, it's not so good to be getting that kind of attention. But yeah, the commercial thing. But we're not going to... We might focus on the modern 
commercial side of it. I mean, as soon as Christmas finished and all the tack comes off the shelves, it was straight away, wasn't it? January, it was pink, this, that, hearts. All the Valentine's stuff goes straight up in the shops, doesn't it? And I know a lot of businesses are just trying to make money, but you do feel like you're getting played a bit, especially by the supermarkets, and it's just shelves of this oh, and that. Yeah. Kind of channeling you and trying to say, hey, you know what's coming up? And people are just reeling, getting over all the debt they've accrued from one holiday, and then the next one's coming up. But Valentine's, I mean, we're going to think about where it came from. Yeah, I, I like this quote, this quote I've got from the World Book Encyclopedia. It says, Valentine's Day comes on the feast day of two different Christian martyrs named Valentine, but the customs connected with the day have nothing to do with the lives of the saints. They probably come from an ancient Roman festival called Luperlica, or Lupercalia, <laughs> say it right, <laughs> probably both wrong, Lupercalia, which took place every February the 15th. The festival honoured Juno, the Roman goddess of women and marriage, and Pan, the god of nature. So the question is, how did a festival in honour of these Roman deities become a Christian holiday? Because it became, you know, got put into the Christian holiday, didn't it? What do you think? I, I have this is do you know what I think we we talked we talked in length about Christmas, the origin of Christmas last time, and and that was easier to uh, to kind of pin down, wasn't it? To a couple of. Valentine's is crazy. There's a lot going on in terms of its origins. Mm. You know, I was um, I was looking at Lupercalia as well. I was, I was reading an article in the National Geographic, mm. and it was saying um, men would strip naked and sacrifice a goat and a dog. Yeah. Uh, young boys would then take strips of hide from the sacrificed animals and use them to whip young women to promote fertility. What? And you know what I thought, eh, hey, man? I thought, it's been ages since I've done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Nadia. <coughs> Ask her what she wants to do tonight, you know. <coughs> Excuse me, coughing <laughs> fit. The images made me cough uncontrollably. <laughs> how it became a Christian um, festival, I have no idea. How did that come about? Well... It says, a little bit more, it says, listen about goats, yeah, I've read that. The bit about the, uh, how it became a Christian, so-called Christian observance. <coughs> Brilliant. <coughs> Losing my voice. Some romantic, some romantic it's music whilst you're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a little segue here, just play some music. Randomly put some music in. It says, after the spread of Christianity, this is the, the encyclopedia, what did I say, World Book Encyclopedia. It says, after the spread of Christianity, church men tried to give Christian meaning to the pagan festival. In 496, Pope Galeus changed the Lupercalia festival on February the 15th to St. Valentine's Day on February the 14th. But the sentimental meaning of the old festival has remained to the present time. A bit about the goats, though. I like that. Yeah. So it's interesting, actually, that thing about Pope Galelius there in the 5th century, he actually abolished it, didn't he? Mm. He looked at it and went, hang on, we can't be doing this. But mm. as you say, the it was just Christianised. Like, like a lot of stuff the Romans did that, didn't they? They took a pagan 
holiday yeah. and then rebranded it into something that was more acceptable for Christians. So they just pulled it apart a little bit yeah. and uh, put it back together, didn't they? So you're saying Galeus, 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 how do you say it? Galeus. Galeus, that's it. He, he banned Lupercalia and in its place put in the Valentine's Day commemoration. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, right. That's interesting. I mean, there's a story, isn't there, about how on the February the 14th, in, was it, 270, I've written down here, a young Roman named Valentine was beaten and beheaded because he would not renounce Christianity. To the little daughter of the jailer who charged over him, and who had befriended him, he left a note. He signed the note, from your Valentine. So for centuries after, I've read in this one book, the phrase, from your Valentine, meant only friendship. But around the year 1400, it took on a new meaning. Which is interesting. Have you heard that one? I've got similar notes here, yeah. I've got that story there about um, the young priest who... Uh, what did you say? He was beaten, yeah, on the, in 269 CE. Yeah. He was executed on February the 14th, so there's, there's, that's one of the origins of it, wasn't it? Right. February the 14th. And his name was Valentine. Yes, but when you but going back to what you said just then about the goats, because like a lot of these things we, we said about even Christmas, um, the god of the god Pan, mm. he was half goat, wasn't he? Half goat, half man. Yeah. Uh, and um, he, but they reckon goat worship goes even further back. For they, the, the Romans took it from the Egyptians, didn't they? Because they would worship goat-like demons. Right. So it's it's another scenario in which this has just been passed along the different generations, hasn't it? Yeah. Interesting. So it's like a kind of like the Christmas thing. It's a snowball of different cultures and going through history. It's just picking up things. I've got yeah, I've read something about Pan here. It says that it pictures him as a voluptuous, sensual, dancing creature. With the rise of the Roman Empire, Pan was adopted by Rome as their god Faunus, also called. Lupercus. His wife Luperca, in the form of a she-wolf, was supposed to have nursed Romulus and Remus, the founders and builders of the ancient city. But then it says, the priests that served in the temple of this god were known as Luperci, or Luperci, clothed only in goatskins. In mid-February, these priests went about, as you said, striking women with goatskin thongs, claiming it would promote fertility. Aha. and other mystic and sexual rites of this ancient spring love festival included the giving of young women to men by a sort of lottery the names of the girls were shaken up in a box and drawn by the men and all of this went on centuries before Valentine wrote from your Valentine so there was all this kind of raunchiness going on mm. religious raunchiness to do with Pan and to do with all these other gods, Roman gods, Greek gods. And then yes. when when one of the uh, Romans decided, we're going to get rid of all this debauchery, and they tried to repackage it, rebrand it, and say, yeah. right, this is now St. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think it's um, 
Look, I, I just have one more point there on Pan to so that we can understand a little bit further as to what this is based on. He was supposed to watch the flocks whilst playing his pipes. However, he was easily distracted. Pan had many love affairs with other nymphs and goddesses. <laughs> One sculpture shows Pan making advances to the goddess of love, who is... Venus. Venus? No. No. <laughs> Aphrodite. Aphrodite, sorry. <clears throat> um, Eros is the god of love. Hovers above them, flapping his wings, much like the Cupid found on Valentine's Day. So it's deeply rooted, isn't it? In uh, it's it's this interesting thing where one idea is taken forth from one set of people to another yeah. each time. Like you say, it's a snowball effect. Little bits are added, little bits are taken away. Yeah, yeah. It's embellished as it goes. It is, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I read here. I wrote some notes. The game, this game about putting names in a hat was enlarged by letting the girls draw boys' names out of the box. And the one chosen became the Valentine for one year of the one choosing. During the Middle Ages, so in the last thousand years or so, Valentine's Eve and the day following February the 14th were celebrated with much the same sensual frolicking that characterised the original pagan festival. Cupid, the god of fertility, pictured as a winged boy or youth, added his bow and arrow activities to the occasion. And of course, during the last hundred years, we've seen cards with their lace trimmings and sentimental verses, mm. dressing it all up. But it's interesting, isn't it? So I suppose the tragedy is a young, sincere man being killed for his faith Send of you know sentiments he showed friendship to a small you know small child linked to these fertility rites of ancient gods and goddesses. So you know he didn't have any intention or imagined for a minute that his name and that little act of kindness on his uh, night before he's killed was going to be incorporated into all this and just rubber stamped onto it all. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. That 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 is. Yeah, as you say, saddening, but very interesting. Yeah. I'm learning as we're talking, to be honest, because I made these notes and, and didn't really think as I was writing them down. <laughs> as we're chatting about, I'm thinking, I've never had a big problem. I've always thought Valentine's Day has just been made up or randomly picked by the commercial elements. Do you know what I mean? To kind of, I suppose yeah. it has in the last hundred years. It's big, it's big business, isn't it? But... Oh, I never realised there was so much. Do you know what they do in Japan? Um, if we're going to touch for a second on, on big business. Go on. So, in Japan, unlike elsewhere, it's the women who buy dark chocolate or brown chocolate for the men on mm. February the 12th. Mm. Uh, these obligatory chocolates. And then the men, they've even added another, another little bolt on. Mm. On March the 12th, the men then have to buy the women white chocolate. Really? Not fascinating. Wow. You think, wow, that's that's big. That's mega bucks, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got loads of people just buying. That must be so modern. That I mean, you can't imagine them doing that in thirties Japan, can you? That's a new, westernized oh, yeah, yeah. introduction. Some of the things that Japan does, you go until you look into it. I was listening to one the other day on the radio. Was talking about how they have, I think it's KFC chicken on Christmas Day. And that developed in like the 70s and it became, it's a massive thing. I'm sure it's Japan. And it's like a huge tradition. 
to have KFC on Christmas Day. Big bucket. A family bucket? Yeah, bucket. yeah, but it, it's like a kind of cast iron. This is what the majority of the population are doing. Is that one about the chocolates fascinating though? Yeah, that's... But you wonder how, who introduced it and when did it just become the norm culturally and everyone went, right, yeah, dark chocolate, women get for the men and... It is fascinating, isn't it, how we live in an age where it's all in flux, constantly being added to, like never before. I suppose it's always gone on, isn't it? The Victorians were great for doing that, for embellishing and adding and incorporating. Anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, the idea behind the, the men giving white chocolate back on the 14th is that um, the white chocolate prevents any stingy or sneaky men from giving back the chocolate they received and neglected <laughs> to eat. <laughs> Re-gifting. <laughs> Imagine that, like yeah. just giving someone back a month old chocolate, like, here you go, love you, here's some chocolate punch. Like, no, that's why I got you. <laughs> yeah, have it back. Yeah. Well, I mean, we said we were going to do it in half an hour. I think we've covered it. Have we covered it? Largely. We are. But I, I, do you know what? We, we, we were a bit all over the place there, weren't we? But we, so maybe no. it's, we should do like a, a review of the key points. The key points, yeah, good idea. So, it originated, if you had to tell someone where it came from originally, the February festival, where would you say? Could you say definitively it came from this culture or this society? They obviously part, pinched it from somewhere else, didn't they, probably? If you said, oh, the Romans, were they pinching it from the Greeks or the Egyptians or something? Yeah, from those cradling civilizations. I mean, yeah, I think we you can start with Lupercalia. That's where we started, wasn't it? Lupercalia. The, the mid-February festival where yeah. women would be whipped by goat skin or animal skins to promote fertility. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. So we nailed that down. It involved goat men and <laughs> goats seem yeah, to be a yeah. theme, you know, like... Goats seem to figure some way, and they didn't have Netflix back then, did they? They needed no, no. something else to keep them going throughout the week. They had to create their own raunchiness, I suppose. And the, was it religious? Would we say? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, there was religion tied into there. It was yeah. um, very superstitious, at least. Yeah, so it's all to do with fertility, even though it's some way ahead of the Easter celebrations that we always associate with Easter uh, fertility rites and so on. So it's to do with fertility, it's to do with sex, it's to do with raunchiness. And Valentine, who do we, from our reading, from what history, secondary history, we can ascertain he was a, what would you say he was? Um, he was a priest. Right. And he was trying to be a good Christian, wasn't he? Evidently, yeah, he was prepared to speak and die for his beliefs, wasn't he? Yeah. And he expressed kindness. He was probably quite a decent fellow and wrote a nice farewell note, whether it was to the jailer's daughter or, you know, one of his own relatives. But he signed it from your Valentine. So the sincere, decent chap, he buys it and then the Roman Emperor, a couple hundred years later, decides, obviously that must have become a commemoration in the calendar of the church. St. Valentine's. Mm. So 200 years later, the Roman Emperor, what was his name? Uh, Galeus. Galatius. Yeah. And he decides, what was that? What did he decide to do? He abolishes it. He says, this isn't Christian, but this is. And he 
gives us the, the festival that we have today or there and thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. But all those traditions to do with names in the hat and having it away with whoever. Yeah. Big secret, you know. <laughs> like raunchiness or whatever they're doing. That carries on, doesn't it, under this guise of Christianity and this veil of respectability and mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So question is if people I don't know, what would you then say, is it for Christians? If someone is a Christian, should they do Valentine's? <laughs> hey what do you think? <laughs> well, hey, we we as we've said, we're not here to tell people what they should and shouldn't be doing, but that you've actually you've got to weigh up the the history of it, and um, and also, I mean, just for me personally, is it really romantic if you're being told to be romantic? True. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like, you're just I running with the crowd, aren't I you? Speaking, I was speaking uh, to a friend. And he said he'd gone for a meal on Valentine's Day, and it was just full of miserable couples trying, trying to make this this evening where they've been told by mm. this weird old custom to go out and buy each other gifts. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. For my, you know, it's not for me. Well, so I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on people to conform and to do it, and unless both parties of the relationship are in agreement that it's bunkum and they both go yeah we're not doing it we agree we've weighed up the facts for whatever reason just intellectual or spiritual reasons they decided not to follow the custom they both have to be on board with that I mean otherwise if one just goes I'm not going to do it and the other one isn't really on board they're going to be like how are they going to feel when they don't get the card or whatever you know when they're laying out rose petals on the bed <laughs> and the guy's gone off to play football with his mates or he's gone down the pub or, or the lady has and he's like all candlelit dinner laid out and she's gone off yeah. for the to yoga class didn't think we were doing it didn't think he cared so yeah I mean <clears throat> there's a real cultural pressure on people to conform and unless both are on board with the reasons for not doing it I suppose it'd be tricky to not do it without causing offence to your partner and Possibly having a ro- sort of a break in the relationship or some sort of uh, problem for a lot of people we pose, wouldn't it? If they didn't get some little gift or trinket or card, at least. I don't think the men that bothered. I think husbands and long-term male partners in a in a lot of relationships wouldn't, you know, be crying about it. They might think, "Oh, my wife used to, or my partner used to give me this," but but anyway. So. We're not passing any judgment. Do whatever you want, listener. At the end of the day, we're just chatting about the history of it, the origin of it. It's uh, it's not for us to say do it or don't do it, but you have to weigh up the facts, weigh up the evidence. Anyway, sorry I'm a bit hoarse, man. I think the kids are off this week. They finally got positive tests with the COVID. Right. So they were off last week because we didn't really have anyone reliably we could who could take them to and from school so they were under the weather but they, did, they weren't coming up positive Vicky was all last week but now the kids are they're coming out of it but I've been fine I, I mean I haven't I've been in work you know all the time yeah and I've been coming up negative when I do the tests you know for the COVID I think because I've had three jabs and that how about you are you keeping well yeah um, are we 
have we finished the pod now? Yeah. Confession time. Don't be telling me anything. No, 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 exactly. Uh, well, I was. Um, if we if we if we stop recording, I'll tell you what. <laughs> this is not a confessional <laughs> booth. The priest's <laughs> confessional. Don't say anything. You don't want everyone to. <clears throat> okay, let's just play a bit of music here. This little Joe's just going to tell me something. It's controversial <laughs> in any way. It won't make it to the cuts. No, no, it was um, it was our near uh, break in on on Sunday evening. Oh, it was a very yeah. funny anecdote looking back, but it was stressful at the time. This could be Joe's dilemma bolted onto the end of our history. Oh, this was the mother of all dilemmas. Yeah, <laughs> tell yeah. tell please tell me and the listeners what happened. That's only the last week it's happened. Listeners, piss, picture the. Make <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on. It's a half three in the morning. Uh, so this was Sunday evening, Monday morning. And my wife and I were asleep in bed, and we woke up to the door handle going up and down and up and down. Wow. Um, and we we live in uh, a one bedroom flat, really small flat, you've seen our flat, I mean, there's only one way in and it's through our, our door, yeah. and so I go to the door, and you know what, we've had people come to the door in the, in the in the past, and because our door looks exactly the same as every other door in the building, yeah. people often get mixed up, so it's fine, and I just thought to myself, do you know what, I'm going to say to this guy, sorry mate, really sorry, you've got the wrong flat, mm. now uh, mm. go away. Yeah. Uh, so I just I kind of said, oh, sorry, you've got the wrong flat. Yeah. Devin. Oh, but this guy wasn't having it. He really? was like, no, no, I have got the right flat, I'm coming in. <laughs> I was like, ooh. So obviously... Uh, he said I'm coming in. He said I'm coming in. He said... Uh, Something along the line, he said, well, I, I won't repeat what he said, because there, there were expletives involved, but yeah, he said yeah. he was going to uh, you. kill me. Yeah. He was going, I'm going to come in there and uh, kill you. Weird. Uh, you, you something, something. Which why? is very stressful, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's very stressful. Absolutely. Why was he so angry? Did you find out why? No, yeah, I think I know why, and I'll explain in a sec. So, so at that point, Nadia, obviously, she rings the police. Right. And... The police are saying, right, we're on our way. Uh, she also called her dad, who lives relatively nearby, and said, listen, someone trying to get into our flat. And she, um, he said, so she's on the phone to a police, I'm on the phone to her dad. I'm holding up both hands like phone calls. And she said, uh, don't worry though, I've got a kitchen knife. Yeah. And the police were like, yeah, we're going to have to ask you to put that kitchen knife down, please. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, this guy is still trying to get in. And I'm, I'm just stood by the door holding the handle thinking, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here because the door's double locked, you know, yeah. there's not a chance he's going to get through this door. Yeah. So I start getting lightheaded and I'm not sure why, but I said to Nad, I was like, Nad, I'm feeling really dizzy and I'm feeling really lightheaded. Meanwhile, this guy's still trying to get through the door oh. and I said and I said like bring a chair and whilst Nadia's going to get me a chair I passed out I shut it. up you didn't tell me this no I know I was saving it for uh, oh mate for the chat. oh mate so I fainted you imagine Nadia at that point she's thinking great the one person that's between me and this nutter has just passed out oh, 
trying to slump down the door and she's like slapping me in the face trying to wake me up like, while this guy was still trying to get in. This is like quarter four in the morning. Oh, honestly, man. It was stressful. Then I wake up. I'd sit on the chair and I'm just folding, I'm sat on the chair folding the handle just thinking to myself, this is properly bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really nuts. Almost like a a really weird dream. And then what happens is this girl, we hear this girl's voice from out on the corridor. Come on, Timmy, back to the home, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You don't live here, Timmy. I'm going to kill him. So he's with my wife in there. <laughs> <laughs> so this is it. So he sees her and yeah. then just disappears. Yeah. And the police and the police turn up. Yeah. Like literally two minutes. They always turn up just two minutes too late. Uh, like, no fair play to them. They were here very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then they searched the building, couldn't find him, and they said, "Look, there's no chance he's going to get through this door. We need a saw to get through this door." Yeah. So. We think that he's been on something, or he's been drunk, and he's been looking for her and her flat. Right. Comes to the door, and then he's heard a lad's voice telling him to, like, back off. Yeah, yeah. And he's thought, what? There's, like, a lad in there with my missus kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why he was so angry. Either that, or he just was just out of his mind kind of thing. But... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not not the ideal start for a week. Not great. It couldn't have been zombie coming back, could it? Thinking like you've no, been dissing zombie, him. Zombie lives a few doors down. Well, he did. He lived a few doors down. Did old zombs. Is the uh, zombster still doing time? You've got a cracking neighbourhood. You're really selling our city to the rest of the world. It's a, you know <laughs> it's what? Like, it's the mean it's streets. You could do a film about it. It'd be like I don't know. Say like some sort of Tarantino yeah. Tarantino film. I know. I know. Between drug dealers, sex workers, and <laughs> midnight. Burgle, Cowboys, or whatever the heck that was. <laughs> yeah, never, never a dull moment. <laughs> so, how long are we out for? Can I ask? I mean, that's—I didn't realize, man. That's so stressful. Yeah, oh, it is stressful. Ten seconds. Um, I just passed out for about ten. I blacked out, and and my my memory of the whole episode after that was pretty shaky, actually. Like Nadia was saying, do you remember when he was saying this? Do you remember he was saying that? And I was thinking, I don't remember that at all. Oh me, I wish I'd been there. To... But you sound like you handle it the right way you couldn't have done anything else could you yeah the only thing my mum said because I was talking to my mum about it she said you probably should have come away from the door because uh, you know yeah it's a crazy but he may have had a gun and he might have shot through the door and I was like I don't think he would have shot through oh, the door in a real story I like your mum's thinking like, yeah. she's going to the she full kind of yeah, yeah country for all men sort of setting there yeah. some sort of Josh Brolin effort <laughs> somebody blasting the, the lock into your face it's got me in the, got me in the nuts Nadia <laughs> and you would be passing out I like the way your mum thinks she's worst case scenario someone's shotgunning the lock off the oh, like some yeah, uh, yeah yeah that, that's, that was, that's what my mum envisions she that's her motto in life is what is the worst case scenario she's like a lock stock kind of character <laughs> she's ready <laughs> man so that was stressful because you were away at the weekend weren't you visiting folks so you must have got back from travel I'm guessing you're knackered anyway yeah. we, we had a lovely lovely oh, weekend in the lakes and we yeah. come back really relaxed ready to tackle a week and oh. that happens and it just you know. wow so that was it that was I mean there's one for the listeners 
That was my dilemma this week. What would you do if uh, half three someone was trying to get into it? What would you do, there, man? I'm quite interested to know what would you do in that situation. Uh, probably, I mean, at this age now, with family and kids, I don't know, I'd probably do similar to yourself. I wouldn't be opening the door if some maniac was bashing it. I think, because yeah. you're in your block of flats, you kind of feel vulnerable, because it's like, they're coming straight into your space then, aren't they? There's no kind of... I mean, if people knock on our door at, like, unexpected times, I tend to go to the door, but I tend to know where my backup is. Sounds terrible, that doesn't it? The age we live in. Do you know what I mean? I go, oh, I go oh, yeah, semi-prepared yeah. for a rumble. But if someone really has a mind... We, we often talk about this. Often talk about it. It sounds like we live in the Bronx. But we often say, if someone's got a mind to do you injury and you open that door, they're focused on just getting in and hurting you, and you're kind of 50-50. Or it could be just... You know, some innocent person collecting envelopes. So you're not really prepared. So if someone's prepared to do some damage, then there's always a big danger. So I, I think you did the right thing, man. I, I couldn't improve on that. I mean, just stressful, isn't it? I think when you're young, when you're in your 20s, you, you, you're more inclined to open the door and address something like that. But now I'd be inclined to say, forget it, I'm in work. Let the police do it, they're, they're working. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And let them do their job rather than being a hero and going toe to toe with some nutter, as you said, might be high as a kite or have a knife or something. So I think you did the right thing, man, because you're you're right in the centre of town. Yeah, it wasn't that guy looking for his guitar, was it? From the other dilemmas we mentioned. <laughs> I bet you got me a guitar. I want me a guitar. I've been looking for this for months. <laughs> I heard your dilemma. It's mine. Yeah. And they were, they were, he was coming for it. A long time listener of the party tracked me down. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that's a nice one to end on. So we've gone from Valentine's to a man thinking his partner was cheating and you were taking his Valentine's. And that was why he was like a bull trying to smash your door down. Because love does strange things to people. Maybe that's the moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> whipped by goat hide to smash another door to get to yeah. to get yeah. to somebody cheating with your lady and love knows no boundaries including my door I know dangerous thing isn't it so anyway I think we've covered it and great to see you great to have you joining us listeners any comments please uh, feel free to send us a message again on our twitter account that seems to be the one we use the most and uh, if, if people are still listening to our little history efforts then we'll carry on doing them we don't know how long this project it's a little creative project we do yeah. we have other things we do but this is just like a little thing that's evolved Demons nodding over there did you want to say something? yeah no I mean it's right yeah. oh man anything to add? oh yeah it's right thanks for your contributions lads anyway on that note any final words Jema? Uh, it's been fun I've really enjoyed today's pod and I'm looking forward to next month's yay definitely stay safe listeners enjoy what you're doing enjoy the moment be happy I said that to a guy today and he, he abused me it's not physically but nearly called me the C word several times and I was saying it is. one of the most miserable people I've ever met in my whole life but that's a separate story but yeah you've got to live in the moment enjoy the small things try and be happy and uh, stay safe. Love, love to you all. And I uh, will see you soon. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.